In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. It's the
folks. Welcome. What an intro. My goodness. This is So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your Tuesday episode. How the heck is everybody doing? Mondays, huh? Man, Mondays. Was everybody's Monday all right? It doesn't really matter because it's over. It's 20, you're 20% of the way through the week. We've only got 80% of the week to go. It sounds like a big number. By the end of the day, you're only going to have 60% and so on and so forth. I am obsessed with just those percentages of breaking down the weeks into just 20% per day. Like I'll get halfway through a day and be like, you're 10% done. Um, okay. So we have an amazing, I, I have my old friend, uh, you guys know her as the Zen blonde, Lauren Skay. She is with us today and we have this great conversation that kind of goes everywhere. I do want to give you a, a warning up top. Just because I, you know, uh, I guess trigger warnings. I do talk, we do talk about the Idaho murder case. Um, and uh, Brian Koberger, specifically, who has been charged and arrested for these murders. We're not going to have a trial until June. But I've been really fa fascinated with this case. And I have been since he got caught. And, you know, it's this thing I, I talk about. We all do this, I think. You know, you'll you'll fiddle around with the old TikTok at night, and it becomes your stories almost. And it's like I'll go to TikTok when I am fed up with watching Bravo, and I'll just sit there, and it's like weird. It's like my stories, and you know, the algorithm kind of it, it, it gets suited to you. So like whatever you're looking for, the algorithm kind of pushes that out to you. And there was a time when all of this information was was swirling about this, um, and I wanted to talk to somebody, and Lauren had done this this amazing TikTok on it. And I talked about this, this aspect of the case where Brian uh, could have been uh, in chat forums talking about these murders himself under an alias. And I thought it was just fascinating. And, um, but I want to warn people, the second half of this interview is where we talk about that, just in case you are sensitive to those things. And I, I want to be very upfront with anybody. I don't want to upset anybody or um, you know, listen, I, I would rather talk about Robin and Giselle. All That's actually not true. I wouldn't rather talk. <laughs> We're going to talk about that for a second. Um, but anyways, that is the second half. But the first half, we talk about uh, AI, chat GPT. We talk about Caroline Manzo and Brandy Glanville, which, by the way, you know, Listen, I knew uh, it came out officially what I had heard over the weekend. And like, I'm not the tea spiller, so I'm glad People Magazine came out. But yeah, Brandy did uh, try to kiss Caroline. I'm not joking. And uh, Caroline was like, that's that's assault. And, and Brandy got sent home for it. Uh, so we do talk about that as well. We talk about TikTok. We talk about the makeup trends on TikTok. We talk about an update on Army Hammer. We kind of go all around the world. And these are my favorite types of conversations because you realize how vast and wide pop culture is and how much of an umbrella it can hold things. You know, it's like everything is under this umbrella. And I love when we get to kind of just dance around and explore these things. And it's fun, especially when you have a relationship with somebody and you, you get to talk with them multiple times overdoing this podcast. So it's just, it's great. Like I was just so excited to catch up with my friend. So Lauren will be here in a second and we're going to go right kind of into that. I just want to mention a couple of things that were breaking last minute tonight. And I'm going to go way more into these on Wednesday's episode, which I already have a very special guest on Wednesday. Plus I'll go deeper into what I'm just about to mention right now, but it did come out that Robin of Potomac on their reasonably shady podcast this infuriates me. Um, and, and she went further on the Patreon. 
in that Robin did uh, have uh, some kind of goings on with another woman, like Karen Huger said, you know, talked about the blonde friend and the horrific drawing that the editors trolled Karen with. Well, turns out Karen was right. And uh, what frustrates me about this, I mean, first off, I don't like that Robin is getting cheated on again by the same man and that she went ahead with a wedding, even though she knew it. She knew it before this season started filming. And so this is what pisses me off, though, is that you're going to save this for your podcast and then hide the information behind a paywall where you're going to make people pay. You know, Bravo pays you a salary. And like, listen, yeah, it's like you want to cherry pick information and protect your family and stuff. But you signed up for a reality television show like, you know what you signed up for. This is what this show asks of you. It doesn't ask of you to hide all of the big goings on in your life and then release it on a podcast that you hide behind a paywall. Like what in what world would this be okay? And like, I, on top of all of the stories with the Caroline and Brandy, that stuff got leaked. And then also the Roni re the Roni legacy thing, which is, I, I told you guys on Monday, if you guys listened, I told you on Monday, that was bullshit. And it came out today. Andy said, don't believe everything that you read. And this is exactly what I said as well. And Kate Arthur from Variety, I think she is a genius reporter, reported this because page six sent out another article today. And then Andy tweeted right after it saying that everything was dead. The contracts got terminated that went out to the ladies. And listen, I will say from even my sources is that, yeah, they're not going to make the shooting schedule that they had originally planned for. They are still negotiating with these ladies. But Roni Legacy is not going anywhere. It is just not going to be starting filming when they wanted it to, which was going to be very soon. And so that, you know, multiple things can be true at once. Just because they're not shooting at the same time that they originally wanted to does not mean that they have scrapped this entire thing. Like I said, remember about tactics. Remember, they do want to get this thing in on a budget. They don't want to be paying these ladies millions of dollars. They just don't. They don't. So uh, I do think this kind of stuff potentially put the fear of God into some of those ladies because they want back on. So I, uh, I'm i glad all of this came out. And it's just so frustrating, though, because then all of a sudden you see a thousand memes saying the same bullshit that like, no, guys, don't jump on the bandwagon. Like, wait, wait to hear things. Also, think things out. Think like use critical thinking in Housewives. We can do this. But also, it's just one of those things that's like so frustrating. And we talk about this in today's podcast with with Lauren, because I just say, like, we are ruining our own experience unless your experience is just living these shows before they even air on social media. And I just feel like Bravo at some point is going to need to step in and kind of rule with an iron fist for a second. And yeah, this will affect people like me because, yeah, we all love little scoops and all that stuff. But we're trying to do it for the overall health of the network and these shows. We all fell in love with these shows because of the stories they told, the women they highlighted. We didn't fall in love with these shows because of meme makers. And I'm saying this about myself, too. Like, that's a nice added bonus. But also, we can make fun of the stuff we actually see on the shows. It doesn't always have to be who got the scoop, blah, blah, blah. This isn't Watergate. It's just not. But also, these housewives that sign on a dotted line, they have to have a little bit more responsibility where you don't hide things for a full season of a show and then release it on your podcast behind a paywall. I think that's just a no-no across the board. Um, 
so I hope they, I don't know. So anyways, we're going to go way more into that on Wednesday's episode. Uh, so please tune in for that. I hope you guys like Monday's episode, but let's just get right into it today. You know, her, like I said, as the Zen blonde on TikTok and Instagram, she is awesome. Been on the show a bunch. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Lauren Skay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to So Bad It's Good. Uh, today, I get a, I have a returning guest. Uh, she's been on the show a bunch. Uh, we worked together on uh, the Army Hammer documentary, which I was really proud to be a part of. And she just has one of the best TikTok accounts and is one of the best overall people that I found doing this. And I love how her mind works because it goes kind of from topic to topic. And then she'll do these deep dives that I truly find fascinating. Now, I think she came to prominence, even though you might know her from Instagram and her podcasts and things like that. But I uh, just fell in love with her TikTok as so many people did. But I love when she'll kind of go over these topics or kind of pick out one piece of a story and deep dive that. And over the holidays or or at the beginning of the year, you guys know I was fixated and still am to a degree, except that there's been a gag order on a lot of information in regards to the Idaho killers and uh, Brian Koberger, who is uh, currently been arrested awaiting trial, but there is a whole story she did on this that has stuck with me for the last couple of weeks. And I want to talk to her more about that, but I also want to talk to her about a world of other things. So let's just get right into it. You guys know her as the Zen blonde, Lauren Skay. Welcome back to the show. Hey Ryan, thanks for having me. And thanks for the intro. Can you like hype me up every Monday like this before I have to like get into the week? Yeah, I could actually, you know, I feel like that's Really, I think my true gift is the intros. Everything else pales in comparison, I think, at that point. <laughs> it's all done. Uh, how's your new year? People. Yeah, it's all. <laughs> guys, you can tune out at this point. Go look up Lauren on her socials. You'll be fine. Wait, how, how has the new year been so far for you? It's been good. I, I moved into a new apartment. So it's like that new apartment energy, which is great. And, you know, I did dry January. I broke it this weekend. And, you know, it's just wait, been whoa, 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 whoa. You wait, wait. If you did dry January and you broke it this weekend, then you didn't do dry January. Um, I did. Actually, it's funny. There's this guy, the prima Donald, who I am friends with. Oh, I know. Yeah, Donald, Donald Adler. Yeah, yeah, right. And he said he was doing dry February and January because February is a shorter month. And I had somebody visiting me. I some people might know her. It's become a whole thing. Is her account? She came in from Canada, and I'm like, oh, she's been on the show. She's been yeah, she's been on the show before. Yeah, yeah, she's totally been on your show. So she was in from Canada, and I'm like, I'm not going to be like not having a cocktail when somebody's in from all the like a completely different country that's so far away from us. So yeah, (laughs) dry February, January. Now, guys, that's the rudest thing. When somebody comes all the way from a different country and you won't drink with them, that is considered the height of rudeness. And you just didn't want to participate in that. Yeah. I mean, have you ever read like an Emily Post etiquette book? Like it's literally like the first page is like, if you welcome a visitor from another country and don't get like absolutely hammered with them, you are a very rude post. And so uh, Countess Luann's book has a similar etiquette, I think, as well. (laughs) I've never read this Emily Post, but she sounds just amazing. Um, I like that, though, because February only has 28 days in it. Right. So January has 31. And I feel like as like the government doesn't really do tons anymore for anybody. But what it could do is it could switch February and January in terms of days. So dry January is and also I'm done with daylight savings time. I'm done. I don't know why certain areas like we have to be depressed in Los Angeles because it's like dark at like 4 30. I don't, I don't 
see the and honestly, benefit in any of that. Depressed here. Could you imagine you were in Canada? All the more reason, like it would be even more rude if I didn't drink with her because she yeah. told me that it's like negative 40 some days and they have to plug their car batteries in in order so that the battery doesn't like corrode overnight. Like I'm like, you know, we're we're in the warmth and we're depressed. So imagine being in the cold, you know. But Canada gave us Alanis Morissette. So I think they've got so many. I think there's, there's such a good, like, there's big trade offs. Like, they have to we do that. We were at the that. grocery store, and the cashier was like, Can you guys take Justin Bieber back when he found out that um, <laughs> he was from Canada? So we did get Alanis Morissette, but I, I, I think great. No, I, I, I listen, I'm a believer. I am a total believer and I, I will not take Justin slander. Uh, I worry about him though. Uh, okay. So just to remind people, like, you know, we were both in the army hammer documentary house of hammer and you played a great role in that. And, uh, you know, you spearheaded a lot of things and a lot of conversation. And I just wanted to start there because I was watching shotgun wedding over the weekend, the JLo Amazon prime movie with Josh Duhamel. I don't even know how to say his last name. And I didn't love it, but I still watched it. And I just remembered that I was like, Oh, this is the film that army hammer I think it was a mutual release where they released him from Shotgun Wedding. He was supposed to be the male lead. And I just thought, wow, that was like, that was two years ago now that all of this kind of, uh, a lot of it really came to light in in such a big way. Um, has there been any updates? Have you heard any updates about Mr. Hammer and what? Because, you know, I heard he was in LA. I heard he was living at Robert Downey Jr.'s house. This all happened. His father passed away, of course, Michael Hammer. But what else is going on? Have you heard anything? Um, I, I mean, for Army in general, I did. A bunch of people were sending me because he was in his wife's, you know, video and Grand Cayman at a birthday party. And I think he's probably yeah. in between Grand Cayman and LA having a low profile. Um, but one of the biggest updates was when his father passed away, they have, so for anyone listening, there's a big museum in LA called the hammer museum. It's an institution. It was started by his grandfather. It's, you know, still in the family. They have a foundation. They obviously have all this art that was passed down and like Picasso's and things like that. Um, and so what happened after Michael hammer army hammer's father passed away was there was a bunch of art being taken by members of the board of the foundation. So there was like some theft going on and like, it's just like, you know, the plot thickens, right? Like this tangled web of like crazy rich people stuff just keeps on unfurling. And, you know, um, I've heard that like, you know, Michael Hammer is going to have a funeral in a, in a bit. So I'm sure we'll see paparazzi photos from that, but I haven't heard anything too crazy. I definitely get people in and out of my inbox that tell me like, confidential things here and there but yeah I don't anything too crazy what about you i mean you were in an acting class with him like do you have you heard no anything? i mean we we don't we, we don't swap acting stories anymore but uh <laughs> yeah no no it's like i i'm just curious because i was i was watching a video over the weekend and it was about louis ck had sold out madison square garden on saturday night yeah which is a huge venue for for a, even a band let alone a comedian to sell that out and you know there's been just so many conversations about cancel culture and canceling these you know and louis ck has kind of gone underground but he's kind of still managed to hold this wide audience by going underground that really voraciously support him and kind of you know he's been able to keep going uh of course not at the height where he was in terms of being able to get tv and movie deals but his stand-up he you know he went back to that full-time now i was just wondering like for army I'm just a student of pop culture is like, when will be, I don't think it's a matter of if, but when will his first acting job be? Cause Kevin Spacey 
just got hired for another movie and he was actually celebrated in Italy and just won an award. What? And he yes, he won. The guys in Italy, they did a film festival last month and Kevin Spacey was the guest of honor and he literally opened his speech by thanking the uh the the people behind the festival for having the balls to give him this award. You know what? If there's hope I just thought, what Spacey, a weird like- Ghislaine Maxwell is going to be like running a charity in like 10 years. Like, I, you know, like I just like, I have no faith in the world anymore. Um, so, you know, it's funny because I ask people this all the time, especially other like pop culture commentators. And I'm like, do you think. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's only one pop culture commentator. I, what are you talking the about? Bad now, boy of pop culture. Yeah, there's only, wait, wait. The, I only ask one bad boy of podcasting. <laughs> um, well, you know, there's, there's people that are in the shadows that are, you know, not even visible <laughs> to the world, you know, that, yeah, that just, they exactly. I wouldn't even call it commentating. It's, it's they like, <laughs> um, but yeah, like I ask people all the time because I'm curious about people's opinions and like Luca Guadagnino already said that, um, you know, he's the director he, of call me by your name and your name. the most recent skin and bone with Timothy Chalamet, which actually has a cannibal storyline. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's weird. It's like, how is like, how has the situation informed some things that have happened in like TV and movies? Cause there have been like some cannibal tropes over the past, like few years after all this. And it's like, Hmm, like where are they getting this inspiration from? But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't think anyone's cancelable anymore. And I probably would have had a different answer for you when this all unfolded. I'm like, this is so horrible. What he did, like, you know, like, there's no way he'll ever act again. And I, I think at this point, like people come back all the time there, you know, I've had conversations with people where they'll remind me of something somebody did. And like, it was a huge deal, but like, you completely forget about like yes. awful tweets yes. that people put oh, out and oh. I'm like, Oh, I forgot. That's why I think it is important for like all of these kind of, I mean, you know, to quote pop culture commentators to be out there and remind people and not just of the bad things, but of the good things, too, because I'll like I'll completely forget whole TV series that I've watched. I'll be like, oh, my God, that affected me so much uh, back then or this story. Like, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was thinking the other day of do you do you guys know that Nicolas Cage and Patricia Arquette were married? Like, do you remember that? Like there like there was a whole like, by the way, I was about to make a TikTok on that a year ago and I just gave up because it was like, <laughs> oh, I, was, I can't, I can't do that, you know? But it was like, and the story behind that is so fascinating because Patricia, he was like drunk one time and saw her at like Cantor's Deli in LA. And he said, he asked like, will you marry me in that Nicolas Cage intense way? And she said, I will only marry you if you procure these gifts for me. And it was like a signed copy by J.D. Salinger of A Catcher in the Rye. It was like a list of these things. And to Nicolas Cage's drunk credit, he went and procured all of those things and they got engaged. Like, isn't Ryan, that insane? You need to do a TikTok on this. That is people crazy. Seem to, well, see, that's like those moments I had forgotten about it because I was looking through and I forgot about it even in this last year because I went back of Priscilla Presley's, um, uh, not Priscilla, but uh, Lisa Marie Presley when she unfortunately passed away. I had blanked out that she had married Nicolas Cage as well. Nicholas Cage has been around the block. My parents live like <laughs> in Vegas part-time and he goes to their like lifetime gym. And I was living with them for a while, like a few years ago. And I was going to lifetime and I was like ready to be like running next to Nicholas Cage on the treadmill. And like, yeah. like we're going after the declaration of independence, you know, but really we're just like running a mile. <laughs> Could, um, you <laughs> Could you imagine Nicholas Cage just doesn't wipe down the machines at 24 hour fitness? He's just like, you wipe it. That's Nicholas sweat cage. Yeah. 
You're lucky to be on this treadmill with my sweat. (laughs) Yeah, I Uh, I think it would have been really weird. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, I don't really know what designates somebody as cancelable anymore. Like, I really, I don't know what degree, I don't know where people have to go. Maybe they have to, like, kill someone. I don't know where, and even people have, like, killed people in, like, reckless driving situations and, like, get jobs again. So um, I think it's interesting from like the perspective of the people that are affected, because could you imagine somebody did something terrible to you and then you have to see them on a billboard? And like, that's where, like, I really understand like why cancellation could be like a good thing, um, for people that are affected, but it just doesn't seem to be hidden. And I'm like, there's lots of talented people who like, you know, could like fill the slot, you know? Um, well, Laura, Lauren, speaking of that, somebody did do something horrible to me, horrible to me. Lisa Rinna has existed <laughs> all this time and I see her pictures everywhere. Every day I'm forced to see some kind of Lisa Rinna picture and I just, <laughs> I can't handle it anymore. Um, uh, and now she's or, like an AI course. avatar and she's like, you're a sleep paralysis demon. <laughs> Dude, I had those face to, I had Facetune on last week and they were like, they pointed out all the AI imagery of Lisa Rinna. There's a whole account dedicated to Lisa Rinna AI. And it is really the AI stuff. I'm so curious where this goes from here. Have you been like following this, like chat GB, GPT I and all of this stuff? Love where it. I love it. I use it all the time. I'm but can you explain to people what it is and how you use it? Because no, I want to gatekeep wanted... it for my own work purposes. Um, oh, guys, it's insane. It's really insane. So there's this website called OpenAI, and it has a feature called ChatGPT. And I can type in like literally anything. Like I can, I mean, anything from like, give me an outline of, um, Anna Nicole Smith's like dating history. And it will literally write me an outline that I could use for a TikTok, which I haven't used it for TikTok purposes, but like, you know, if I'm like, I need to do a SWOT analysis for work, like, let's like get the outline going on this, like can easily punch in like different things and get that like outline going. And it's, it's still AI, but you can take it. And then, and it's really, it's really well-written. It's great. You can take that you know, outline and then use that for, you know, whatever bigger thing you're going to do. So you can use it for almost anything. You can have it write a book for you. You can have it write a song for you. Like, oh my gosh, you can do everything. I put in, I, this isn't joking. I put in, uh, I was like, oh, describe, like, I was like, describe Jax Taylor from Vanderpump Rules. And it gave me this like, oh, bartender. That's a part of a popular series, Vanderpump Rules. And I said, give me that, but make it more tawdry, like make it more. And it was like, man whore Jax Taylor. It was like, it actually followed the instruction. I mean, it wouldn't say man whore, but it said like, it used <laughs> these great words, but it, am I correct? My nephew was trying to explain this to me that it only goes to like this certain year and before, like it doesn't, you can't, it's not for 2023. Like it's 2021 and before, if that makes yeah, sense. So even like when I've been like, oh my gosh, I don't want to like look this thing up for work. That's like this really like annoying thing to look up. Um, like market research, I'm like, oh, okay, I can get this information here, but it goes only up till 2021. And I have no idea why. Um, but it's really, that's the only annoying. Well, I think that's smart. It. Well, I kind of like that Lauren, because like uh, it, th- this, t- this, this technology is so powerful that I don't want it to catch up to right now. I think there does need to be guardrails on this or almost like those bumpers that you play. If you're bad at bowling, you put those bumpers on the side because like, if it was 2023, like, think about it, like, you know, kids at school wouldn't be writing their own essay. Like, cause my, my nephew was like, yeah, man, like, uh, he, you know, it's like, it's, it's kind of banned on campus or they don't let you use it. And I would like, 
I mean, back in high school, I would have used the shit out of this. Thing oh my gosh, to, me to work too, on in reports. college. Well, the thing is, like for school, when I was in college, they had something that they could run your paper through to for like plagiarism purposes. Yeah. Um, but now this is like, okay, now you're having to, it's not plagiarism, it's written by AI. So now they're going to have to figure out how to discern that. And yeah, it's really crazy, but like, there are so many resources for like, if you want somebody to like help you, like there's also something called Chegg where you can put in questions. And if you pay money, like you'll have like intelligent people answering for you. My senior year of college, it helped me get through psych stats homework. Um, so, you know, <laughs> you have to, you have to I mean, do the, I mean, the sky's the limit with this stuff. Sorry, I, I know I'm going all over the place, but I do want to also mention we had talked right before we we came on, and I was asking you what you were watching or what you were liking and stuff, and you were kind of like nothing, like nothing. I mean, like you were kind of saying like everything's kind of it's you're trying to get into shows and you can't get into them. Yeah, I really haven't been like and like please Bravo, like I'm sorry, I love you, like I'll see you at BravoCon, but like. I have not been loving like anything on Bravo. I try to get in Salt to Salt Lake City. I like I fell off so quickly. I rely on like people like you and you know Dame Galley and Bravo Bravo Ducking Bravo to like essentially give me like a synopsis of what's going on. Um, and of course, like I peripherally know what's going on because of that. But yeah, can't get into any of it. I really need to watch Real Housewives of Miami because I've heard out of everything so right now, I should watch that. Well, I, I I love that thing. I love that point though. Is that you kind of right? Is that I watch all of these things because it's like I watch them almost just out of habit and out of my work and all of this stuff. And I've really had to try to delineate like what I'm actually enjoying and what I'm actually covering because those two things are wild, like vastly different. Like of watching things that you actually enjoy watching and watching these things where like okay, I'm going to make fun of this on the show. And a lot of things is like, it's good fodder to make fun of, but it's not good television. And I think this, and I want to know your point, because you were like, oh, I'm aware of everything going on because of shows or Instagram. And that's the thing too, is that I feel like Bravo especially needs to find a way to combat. It's almost like ChatGPT where <laughs> we're getting so much information before these shows even get released. We're the robots. The so <laughs> yeah. Well, the social media of it all is we're potentially ruining this to actually make good TV down the line. Like even this weekend, I talked about this on uh, Monday's show is Caroline Manzo and Brandy Glanville. were filming real housewives, ultimate girls trip season four over in Morocco. And we, I was informed what actually, like I was told what happened over the weekend and I didn't say exactly what it was on Monday. Cause I'm not a spilling tea account, but all the reports got released today and people released it. But basically what happened was Brandy tried to kiss Caroline Manzo and uh, Caroline Manzo called it assault. And from my understanding, the Caroline wanted Brandy gone. Caroline also removed herself from the situation. But I will say also what I heard that all the women there were fine with Brandy staying. They weren't, you know, they were. But I mean, what sucks is like that's really gripping and could have been gripping television and also horrifying to actually invade anybody's personal space, whether you're a guy or a girl that it's not warranted. I don't care if you like Caroline Manzo or not, but like the fact that it's all spilled out and we know this and the show's not even on for another year and a half, probably. Yeah. And well, it, it really is such a bummer. And the thing is, like, it kind of happened with um, like Prince Harry's book, right? Like, I was so excited to read. Yeah, you Spare. covered Spare, like you all on TikTok, you had all these great stories about Spare. But there was only so much more for me to add to it because somebody got their hands on it and like it all the like the major like kind of TFL points came out. And then it was like, 
okay, like, you know, like there's some, there's some weird things that he said, but the book, honestly, to me, love Harry, but it was like, not the most entertaining book that I've ever read. Like, I didn't really want to hear his description of like another castle or to hear or about his like, wiener. Yeah. His Todja talk. Like, I'm like, if I'd hear his, Todja. his Todja one more time. And I was like, you know what? Like there was this TikTok that was like, I would like to know like 10% less. That's how I felt. But yeah, it all got like before. Like it's like, the woman's like, Harry, I'm on your side, but please like 10% less. And I'm like, I agree. Like, please like 10% less uh, of the Todger talk. But yeah. Oh my God. I was like, so like, I have like secondhand embarrassment about him with all that, but um, yeah, I mean, all that gets released and then it is such a bummer. Um, And then sometimes I'm like, how much of this do they plant because they want to drum up excitement for the show, but it wouldn't make any sense for them to put any of this out now as a plant because we're not going to be able to watch it for a year. So now it's like, also though, um, I don't, Caroline Manzo doesn't strike me as somebody that would want somebody to like, kiss her like that. That's really weird that. Well, no, wait, wait. But that. also, Laura, but you said it exactly right there. She doesn't. And Brandy knows that. And if you guys watch Ultimate Girls Trip season two, Brandy did the same kind of drunken shit where she was telling people she wanted to make out with them. And she was telling, like, that was her thing. And I think Brandy also is partially just gets hammered on these shows. And she, when she's drunk, she's a different person. But also part of it is she likes to get under people's skin. It's a tactic of hers. I think people now in Housewives, it's not really watching human behavior anymore. I always compare it to Survivor, where they're finding different tactics to upset the other person because then they'll get celebrated for it and they feel like they'll be invited back to their respective Housewives show eventually or back on another girl's trip. So Brandy is rewarded for this kind of behavior. I just think that you run on the risk of taking it too far, which maybe she possibly did right now. But by but by the time this airs, everything will have died down and we'll potentially have forgotten about this like we forget about a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing, like, the amnesia that we get because there's always, like, something that comes out, something right? Um, and then it, like, resur- there's resurfaces on TikTok and then we're all mad about it again for, like, a week and then we're on to the next thing. Like, right now, the big thing on TikTok is um, Michaela Nagara and the the mascara gate. Have you seen any of that playing out? Well, now, Laura, I don't know if you're going to believe this, but I, it turns out I'm not the makeup guy. Like a lot of people think Ryan makeup, <laughs> but I no. but what I, what I love about TikTok is that I do get into those things, but I have not, now that I'm saying it out loud next to my phone, I'm sure I'm going to get mascara TikToks later, but I have not explain mascara TikTok. Cause already I'm fully involved. I'm fully, I mascara. mean, Ryan, you can tell me you're not wearing any makeup, but those eyelashes are looking popping today. Um, I was always told in high school theater that I had amazing eyelashes. That's not a joke. I was um, told that. You know what? And you held on to that and you should, as you should. Uh, <laughs> telescopic, if you're listening, L'Oreal Telescopic, Ryan wants a brand deal. Um, so anyway, like there's this like, makeup TikToker. She has like, I probably like 15 million followers. She's from Boston and she did this, um, ad for L'Oreal. And it wasn't like, I don't even know if she tagged it as an ad, but she does like the three coats of mascara on the camera. And like, I use that mascara. It's a great mascara, but then it be, was kind of very clear at the end that she kind of like put like a small, like little Demi lash. The girls listening will know what I'm talking about on the end of her eye. And like, it was like, okay, like you're wearing a false eyelash. So then the entire internet like has been going nuts over this mascara and you know this like false advertising but i think like it's crazy because people are so quick to zero in on something like that but it's like there are a million like girlies and boys on the internet using a filter when they're 
shilling, like, you know, teeth whitening stuff and, you know, filters when they're doing makeup and self tanning videos. So it's like, I don't know. We just zero in on the funniest stuff. Wait, and I is Demi, is Demi Lash anything to do with Demi Lovato? Like what is a Demi Lash? Um, yes. No, um, no, it's, it's just like, like a type of, um, little wispy, like lash. It's, it's a very cute one. Um, but so she's terrible. in trouble for, she's in trouble for essentially maybe false advertising or using a different product than what she's advertising. But the funny thing is, is that you're making the point of everybody kind of does this in some way. Like yeah. nobody's truthfully, I mean, like a lot of people don't tell the truth online. I hate to break that to everybody. I mean, there are people that get celebrated for being essentially themselves, but even that, I feel like, where do you go with that? Like you can stay true to yourself, but eventually it's like the algorithm. It's like, you're eventually going to make some wrong misstep at some point. And then the internet does come for everybody someday. I was even looking at other people, like other podcasters and social media people that are way bigger than I am. And it seems to be this shift where if you get to a certain point and you, you've noticed this on TikTok, we've had conversations where I think where you will get a good deal of hate for really big, like people will start, you'll have majority of fans, but you'll also have a small minority of people that just genuinely don't like you no matter what you do and look for you to fail. Yeah. And I think that the bigger people get, the more under the microscope they are, the more of this like group think in the comment section happens. And, you know, people just want to be outraged that, you know, she did this like thing with like a $12 mascara and it's like, it's a good mascara, um, on its own. So, you know, yeah, it's crazy what people zero in on, but that's the internet now. And I think that, you know, I mean, the one thing I will say that's great about TikTok is like sometimes like the best part of a video is the comment section and people say the funniest stuff in the comments oh. section. That's why so, I think TikTok, I, I love watching TikTok more than reels on Instagram because you can still watch the video while you're reading the comments, whereas an Instagram, it stops the video, or at least mine does. But on TikTok, I can like open up the comments while I'm watching the video and kind of go through it. And yeah, the comment sections are a whole nother form of entertainment on the app. Um, also, I was watching... Uh, some of the tart influencer stuff that we've talked about you guys where I watched this one, they all got sent to Dubai. It was like a, just a huge vacation that everybody was breaking down the costs and stuff, but I don't even care about that. I was watching this one makeup influencer. Like all of a sudden I was watching her and she was supposed to, she's supposed to be really popular. And she started putting on makeup. I literally legitimately thought it was like a joke video. Cause she literally started like, she's a beautiful girl and then started like putting this foundation, which it like, she was already a white girl, but it looked like she was doing white face. No, she's she putting, it's not her lip. heavy like yes she put it everywhere on her face and i was like is this what makeup is this girl was already really pretty and then she put this and she's considered one of the best i was told her name is like meredith something and her makeup always looks beautiful but like when i see her do it like i literally can feel my like skin itching from like the amount of like foundation i see her put on her own face and then it's all over her lips and then she has to like wipe it off of her lips and yeah there's some there's some crazy stuff but you know what i have to say like it is so shocking and i wonder if that is a tactic to like help her within the algorithm like i see um even uh, Emily Mariko, she'll have like a really weird ratio of like chips to the amount of hummus she has. And I'm like, oh yeah, but she knows everyone in the comments section is literally going to be writing about that again and again and again, because I know when I unintentionally mess up the pronunciation of a word, which is like the most like embarrassing thing ever. Like I hate it so much. Like, oh, it kills me. Um, I have people that have clearly seen the comments of me getting corrected and 
I will be corrected like 800 times. And actually that's worse than anyone coming from my appearance, my personality, anything. <laughs> when I mess up a word or like, a, oh, it kills me. It kills me so much. Well, I, don't I mean, well, the internet is like an encyclopedia, a thesaurus, your worst teacher ever. Like it's all of that wrapped into one because you will get immediate feedback. Um, but also what you're kind of saying though, too, is if you want that kind of attention, like, I think we have this really blurred line now of, it doesn't matter how we get the attention, good or bad. At least we have the attention. The Kardashians fall into this a lot too, where, I mean, what you were saying is like, essentially, if you want really people to go off in your comments, you could leave a couple of crumbs, like mispronouncing something or like just to get people going. Like you would almost, no, I know because I've gotten the engagement for doing it unintentionally. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like but but people also, I think that's a fascinating idea that people have to kind of accept, even though it's scary, is that people are manipulating. And it's not the same like it used to be where people genuinely want to be good and get attention for good things. People just want the attention. Did you ever, did you see the recent video of Brooklyn Beckham making a gin and tonic? <laughs> I'm sorry to say I'm <laughs> So, <laughs> like, it was that, if, if you can all can find that video that has the best comment section. But a part of me was like, is he trolling us? Because he's making the most basic gin and tonic. He cuts a cucumber. He cuts a lime. <laughs> he put, he's like, and then you squeeze it. Like you squeeze the um, mint. He's like to get the smells out. Like he didn't even say like, like to get like the aroma or like, I don't know, some sort of like bartending term. And people well, were- Well, he's working class. Spice. He's working class. That's how they say it. Yeah. <laughs> they were like Nepo Spice and people were like, where does his talent begin? And like, people were saying the funniest stuff. If anyone needs a laugh, go find that comment section. Um, but well, yeah- Franklin Beckham's fascinating because he gets roasted all the time because he's he's wanting to be a chef. And so they'll roast him on every recipe he does. Like he made a roast the other, like a couple of weeks ago. And they just said like, what the fuck are you doing, man? And it is fascinating. These kind of quote unquote Nepo babies, you know, he's from, of course, David Beckham and Victoria Beckham. And, you know, they're trying to find their own way, but at the same time, they're used to a spotlight because of their parents. So what they want, what they do or what their interests are, they want fame to come along with it. It's not like he wants to work in an actual kitchen and really just study under the best. He wants to do it now. So he's going to do it online because that gets attention. It's just that a lot of the attention it gets is making fun of him. He's getting ready to go from like zero to Gordon Ramsay. And like, it's just not translating. And the thing is, um, it, it, I was wondering, like, I'm like, is he trolling us? Because it was like, this is your hot take on a gin and tonic. This is just like the gin and tonic I would make in my own little kitchen, like with no bartending background ever. Like, so it, it's really fascinating, but yeah, I can, I can get lost in the comments. Um, yeah. Unless they're about me, then I, then I, <laughs> I go hibernate. <laughs> um, Throw my okay. You guys, I'm going to, I'm going to move on to something and trigger warning. I, you know, we're going to be talking about uh, or as TikTok likes to say it, unaliving people, which I didn't even realize why they were using the term unalive, but I didn't realize TikTok uh, ban or like TikTok would, you know, strike your account down for saying murder. And we're going to talk about the Idaho, um, uh, the Idaho, Idaho murders, which is a very sensitive topic. And we don't really usually do a lot of uh, true crime on this show, but it is something that fascinated me. So hope you guys are willing to listen to it because uh, I'm truly fixated on this case. Um, but uh I was on TikTok <laughs> like a couple, like four weeks ago, and I was searching things out because this case truly, uh, I think a lot of it just kind of haunted me. Um, there, I'll ask why you think it, 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 
I mean, true crime fascinates everyone, but this case in particular. But I saw your video about uh, the uh, the alleged murderer, Brian Koberger, who, like I said, is in jail right now. And you had pointed out these eerie coincidence, not coincidences, these eerie things about somebody on these Facebook forums. And uh, we'll go into the story right now. But I guess the first question is, why do you think people are so fascinated with this case uh, specifically? Um, I think the fascination obviously comes from like, I think this is like everyone's worst fear and like nobody could have seen this coming. Like, and they're these beautiful college kids who had their whole lives ahead of them. Like, um, the way that, I mean, and for anyone listening that hasn't looked into this, the way that he broke into their home when it was like three, four in the morning, when, you know, we've all, you know, been at that age for the most part, probably listening where you might be in like a drunken stupor if you're 22 years old and it's four in the morning and you just ordered Jack in the box and somebody, you know, sneaks in through your sliding door. And then like, what's the thing that your, your mother always kind of felt in college? Like if you had your guy friends with you, you were safe. Well, the guy was there in the bed with the girl and he got killed too, because it was really just like a sneak attack. Um, and they didn't stand a chance in my opinion. So, um, I think because it was creepy, I think because it was really creepy and these kids had their whole lives ahead of them. And then he was the person wasn't found for quite some time. I think it was like two months. So I think people were just like out of concern, uh, that like, what if he's going to strike again? You know, what if he's going to hit another call here there? Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, By the way, this small town of Idaho where this this took place, you know, it was supposed to be, and somebody had written me how... uh, what a patreon member you know what a beautiful town this really is and that's why it's even more shocking and to your point you know what you just said a second ago is that those drunken moments that you have in college or those drunken moments you have with your friends at like three in the morning where it's you know it's just silly stupidity of having a good night at a bar having fun with your friends and then coming back and eating shitty fast food and going through tiktok or watching whatever you watch we've all had 
an experience like that. And to think that can be destroyed or somebody's out there watching you or plotting against you. I think that is one of those things. And then it was so involved in the timeline of this stuff of like, when did these murders happen? And then of course, when we got the, um, uh, what, what is it called? The, not the report, but the, the information, I think the, the affidavit, affidavit, right? Yeah. Yeah. The affidavit where it went even, even further into why Brian Koberger, why they took him into custody, why all this stuff. And you found out all of these things, you guys, where his phone was pinging in that location so many times, even before the night of their murder. And even so close at times where he would pick up on the Wi-Fi signal from that house. That's how close he was not even that night, but other times before there are so, and also this Brian Koberger is a criminology PhD student uh, from all accounts. People have said he was a brilliant student, even though a lot of uh, classmates that or uh, people that he TA'd for said he was also very, you know, d- d- very weird personality, boastful at times, wanting to act like he was the smartest person in the room. Uh, also just Listen, let's just call it out. Also a very intense, creepy look. I think maybe that's what we add on to him anyways. But I was looking at pictures of him since he was a kid. Also somebody who was 100 pounds overweight. He at one point had a heroin addiction. All of these things started coming to light where, you know, it's so interesting. I still see stuff online where it's like, if if, this is going to be a hard case, it probably, it, it might not be him. Like, I love, like, I love that still 30% of people will always think you're innocent. Like whether you're Jen Shaw or Brian Koberger. It actually kills me. And I, there are so many people that I could reference for that specific example, but I have gotten trolled online for, with, with people that genuinely believe certain people who I believe are very, very guilty over and over again. Um, And it's crazy when it extends to a very clear cut murder case where, you know, he, uh, he turned off his cell phone to go to that location. He then, you know, revisited the location at like nine in the morning. And, you know, I feel really horrible for the roommate. If again, if somebody didn't research this, one of the roommates survived and she saw him leaving and she was actually able to help the police identify him because he had these really bushy, bushy, bushy eyebrows, which you can see in any picture of him. He has bushy eyebrows. Yeah. And, but other than that, he was completely covered in all black because he was trying to like, you know, um, you know, avoid leaving behind DNA, which he was ultimately found on the sheath of the knife that he left behind. Yeah, the but the button, like he had a he had a knife. You guys call it's a USMC a knife, I believe. Yeah, a K bar, and there was a sheath, and the button there was a, a drop of blood on the butt the button, the snap button, and they were able to pull DNA from that. And so what he was doing in addition, like four days before the police, I think, arrested him, he was removing all the garbage from his home and placing it in the neighbor's garbage using gloves. So it's like, you're going to tell me. And it wasn't at like four in the morning or five in the morning. It was yeah, really at odd hours he because was he was trying to cover his tracks in case anyone was on to him as a criminology student. He obviously knew some things, but not enough to get away with this. And also like, you know, I feel like we're in a time where like, yeah, maybe you get away with doing this once, but like we have enough like science going on. It's not the, not the days of yore when like, you know, I was telling you a little bit before this, uh, before we started recording um, that my professor in college uh, worked with Ted Bundy on death row. And I think that for a lot of people that either knew about Ted Bundy or were alive when Ted Bundy was, you know, at large, because of what Ted Bundy did at a college, because Ted Bundy went after sorority girls too, I believe, yeah. um, it reminded people of that. It was like this scary break-in. 
um, at a college where people are just bludgeoned and it, it's just absolutely terrible. Um, but you know, now, thankfully we have such, su- we're so much more advanced that I feel like, um, it makes it harder for people to get away with something like this. And thank God, um, it's just a shame that it had to even happen once. Um, I wish they would have like caught him like plotting to do this and arrested him, but, um, but also yeah. it's, it's weird. I mean, the police, they looked like they were dragging their feet and they didn't have any leads when all the while they did actually have, uh, Brian in fights, but they also wanted to line up the case where, cause they knew they were going to have to take this to trial eventually, you know, if he wasn't going to admit things. So it's like in today's society, you know, you have these defense lawyers and I've written, I've read so many defense lawyers of how Brian can like, you know, pull out of this and, you know, not not be found guilty. And it's shocking because you're just like, this is disgusting to me. This is like such a clear case. Even in the affidavit we're talking, affidavit we're talking about you guys, his phone was like on near that location at like three something in the morning. And then during the times of the, uh, during the alleged times of the actual killings, the phone went into airplane mode. You have to switch it to airplane mode. So the phone, like, so he thought he was being smart. He thought, okay, I will not be, my phone will not be pinged, you know, like I'm shocked he just didn't get a burner phone and leave his actual phone at the place on, but he turned it to airplane mode and then the airplane mode got switched back on, switched back off uh, like an hour and a half after the killings, I believe, which is just like right then and there. How are you going to explain that, that away? How are you like, which of you guys flip your phones to airplane mode, just randomly on a night, just randomly in the middle of the night, flip your phone to airplane mode. Well, then he's back around the house at nine in the morning. And my theory is he realized, oh, shoot, I left the the knife sheath and that's what's going to bury me. And so the TikToks that Ryan was referencing before, I was sick you know, during new year's, like the January 1st. And that's usually when I do my, my digging because I'm like a stuck <laughs> room. And that's when I, it's like Shakespeare mode. It's like when I do my best work is like when I'm deathly ill, <laughs> you know, he was during the plague. I was during my own little plague, but, um, literally like I was like scanning Reddit and I was scanning Facebook and I was scanning all these different things. And I found this Facebook group. And, um, so there were like, I think like something like 70,000 people in this Facebook group regarding the Idaho murders. And people were just like, you know, talking about different information and motive and like all these different things. So there was this account called Papa Roger and there was this Facebook account, right? On this Facebook account called Papa Roger. And it was created a little bit after the murders and it joined the group and it had this AI person that actually like looked like an AI version of Brian Koberger. Yeah, yeah, you guys, it's it's Brian. It, it what looks like Brian Koberg from the side view, and it has some kind of military hat on, and it's really interesting because you know it is an AI thing, and we've been talking about AI uh, on this podcast, but also with what Facetune they printed me out a bunch of or sent me a bunch of AI images of myself, and this was an AI image, and all you use to generate those AI images is an image of yourself. So, so I this the image looked like Brian Koberger. I dug deeper and like, it was this, it was this, um, world war two AI that somebody created, but I think he selected it because it looked like him. That's my personal opinion. And so the really crazy thing is the person was being very strange on the Facebook group being like saying the weirdest things. And the one thing that they kept on bringing up is I think that the killer left behind the knife sheath over and over and over again. And then we find out that 
he in fact did leave behind the knife knife sheep. And then a day after he was caught, that Facebook page was deleted. And what I've noticed being somebody that like follows true crime, when uh, people get arrested for murder within 24 hours, their, their social media disappears. So I've, you know, I I'm even working on some other true crime projects where I, um, know this. And I went and screenshotted every single image on that person's Facebook that will probably be used in some sort of media in the future, but the police or the families are encouraged to scrub it. I don't know which it is. If like law enforcement removes it because there's evidence on, you know, social and they, they remove it for that reason within that 24 hour period of, you know, arresting someone, or if they encourage the families to do so, so that people can't, um, trace, you know, it back to them and they're not going to be harassed. I don't know which it is, but I've noticed the pattern because I absolutely, every time somebody gets caught for murder, go on Facebook and like, were there any clues on their Facebook? Yeah. Like, and, well, like, and, and so like this Papa person. Rogers account, you know, it got deleted and he, you know, not made a comment on any forum since the arrest of Brian Koberger. Yeah. So uh, what's fascinating too, is that can't meta or Instagram or Facebook or meta, the company that owns both of the owns, both of those, they will have that information. They will have IP addresses. They could tie that directly to Brian Koberger, which I would imagine when this case comes to trial, we'll get, and by the way, there is a strict gag order on anybody involved in this case, which I think is very smart, even though it, kind of shuts down a lot of TikTok accounts and a lot of things like this that are trying to grasp from these straws, which by the way, I love your, you know, you know, your story on this, but then I'll, I mean, I'll go looking for Idaho murder stuff on TikTok. And there's like a couple of just annoying accounts that literally the account is breaking news. And I'm going to read you two pieces of information from this article that I just read. And it's like, that's not any, like, that's not digging. That's not breaking news. That's not anything. And it's like also, almost it's like trying to put died here. Okay. Like, yeah. you know, like, and some people are so flippant about it. And I always try to think like, if like the person's family saw this, like, you know, would I like be able to live with myself? And like, the answer always has to be yes before I'm going to post something. But like, I see these people that also have these like true crime accounts where I, I'm like, you know, and this, this episode was brought to you by L'Oreal Paris. Like, it's like, I'm like, oh my God. And I get that. Like, there's a whole niche of true crime, but some people do it, I think are so desensitized to the topic that they do it in such a flippant way. Whereas I feel like my TikTok is kind of like me venting to the internet about some information that I just found that I'm like, I need like a a forum of people to like, just like vent to about it. Um, versus no, it's like, you know, that, that is the thing is that you do have to remember four kids, you know, got unalived that night. And it was a horrific tragedy because they seemed like good. They seem like good people that like, you know, had their whole lives ahead of them. And you're right. That is one of those things that that is fascinating because when you have that kind of innocence and they look so happy, even in the picture they took that morning with all four of them, you know, out on the patio, yeah. they just looked like it was like the, it was the, it was the picture you want in college, you know, yeah. is that picture with your friends where you're all smiling and happy. And then, you know, uh, so the also just to go back to the Facebook comments from this Papa Rogers, you were talking about the sheath. I mean, people were literally arguing with this guy of like, why the fuck do you think he has a sheath? That would be the dumbest move ever. Like they're arguing with him. This and this guy, guy was, was like fully arguing with the killer. Like I'm like, he yeah. was fully like, you're wrong. And the guy's like, you want to know how I know I'm right? Like, I, I felt like that's what was really happening. And it was actually crazy. And then the Papa Roger account posted this really creepy photo of the house and in red writing was literally labeling the rooms to like such a high degree. And it was just, 
it was so, so creepy. And people started saying to him, you sound like a psychopath. Like you sound like you're a serial killer. And like, lo and behold, yeah. like, you know, they say that, like, I've heard before that like people that commit crimes, like, you know, they end up at the funeral or they end up like kind of like circling the crime. And it's this weird, like psychological thing where they are like just um, insane. Yeah. They, they come, come back. back to the scene they're, they're, And he did. He also, did at nine in the morning. You know, yeah, there is this element. And then he went to a grocery store, you guys. And also, like, I mean, you know, there are things at his house. They found uh, stains on his uh, bed sheets. Um, there was like there's animal hair found, which they think potentially could be uh, the dog that was there at the house. Um, there's all of these little things. And they they gave us these little nuggets of information. And they did um, uh, black out like a whole page, uh, right, of the the, of the affidavit, affidavit. and i'm not sure why um but you know i think that like all of this will will come to light in i think in the summers when they're going to start like unpacking all this but even like you know people were like speculating on how he might have gotten to like figure out who these girls were and i guess he was super vegan to the point of like making his parents get new pots and pans and then the girls worked at a like greek vegan restaurant and yeah so the mad think- greek yeah and then the other weird thing about this Papa Roger account is there was this incel murderer. Like, so if you don't know what an incel is, it's an involuntary celibate person. And there's like all these incel forums. Like involuntary men. celibate. Yeah. So it's like men, men that can't get sex. And so they almost, they're called incels now, you guys. You guys probably already know this, but it's a really weird type of man that almost thinks that they can take things from women and they almost view women as you know, these uh, things that they're not able to get. So they start to, you know, treat them differently, look at women differently. It's really psychotic in a whole different way, even without murder being involved. Absolutely. And I think it's like led to like violence towards women from some of these people. And so there was this guy, I think his, his last or first name was Roger. That was like very well known in the insult community for like committing, I think a murder against a woman in a sorority. And so People are saying, oh, Papa Roger, that he, maybe he, I think his name was like Elliot Roger. People people thought he might be mirroring that by committing this crime. And the Papa Roger Facebook account kept on saying, I think that the crime was sexually motivated over and over and over again. So I'm sure we'll find out in the summer if this was him. I very much think it is. Um, there's like a lot of online conspiracy theories around these things that I don't believe, but because of the night. Yeah, you guys, there's... I'm like, that's there was like so, I, I, well, that's the thing that's scary is as much as good information you can get from the internet, you also get all of these things of like, I read all these rumors. Oh, there was a drug dealer and they were this, and there was like a second person that was in, involved in the murders as well. And it's like, you gotta really, really be careful. It's like, uh, it's, it's, 8 billion times worse than some stupid Bravo rumor because it really involves these real, real people. And we're trying to actually put the right person behind the bars and we don't want to pollute uh, the case at all. And it's just when they have this kind of demand and this many eyes on something, it really, it's one of those things where I can't imagine what it's like to be that police force, you know, because I mean, I just think about how many, when I had a normal job, how many times I screwed up in my normal job. And thankfully it was just at an acting studio, but like, could you imagine if you're like, just 
you know, well, man, I was a little hungover going into work and I just made mistakes processing a fingerprint. Even when they had got the uh, the white car that Brian Koberger drove and they had all this information on, you know, it took them a while to even piece it together to Brian because I believe they had the wrong year or they'd even put out the wrong year to the public. So a lot of people didn't think it was Brian's car because Brian's car was like a 2015 and they were looking for a 2013, I think. Yeah. And listen, it must be really hard to be in law enforcement. And then, of course, all the public pressure, um, you know, trying to figure out a case like this. But I mean, I think like it's like, okay, like what what are like what can you take away from this? Because I think people follow these things to be like, if there was a murderer around me, would I know it like or something like that? You know, I think that's like a little bit of where some interest comes in it. Um, But one of the takeaways is like, okay, he probably broke in through their sliding door. If you have a sliding door and it's exposed to any where anyone could get in, even just for theft purposes, you need to go to Home Depot, you need to get a piece of wood cut, and you need to have that piece of wood in there every night and every time you leave the house. I was always really adamant about this. And like at the very like the lowest level of something that could happen to you on a college campus, there are a lot of people that are know that college kids have laptops and my entire neighborhood got, um, laptops stolen except for my house because we had those wooden, um, you know, pieces of wood cut in our windows and our sliding door. And somebody on TikTok, his name, his name is like killer B tactical. And he like does all this defense stuff, but he showed how easy it was to pop a, um, sliding door open just using a screwdriver. And he was saying that he thinks that is how he got in unless the door was like already open, but just like, that's something that like, okay, like these people's lives don't have to be in vain because maybe that's something that more people can do for their college kids to keep them safe from theft. And for God forbid somebody breaking in. Um, but it was really interesting, Ryan, in college, I studied psychology. My, one of my professors worked on death row with Ted Bundy. He was there with him until the electric chair. And a lot of people are like, how did he tell you anything about it? There's HIPAA laws. HIPAA was enacted in 1996 and Ted Bundy died in 1989. So I don't know how much this professor was really supposed to share with us, but he told us a lot. And um, I mean, so what, what was he working with? He was working with him on he his was a story. So he was a social worker. worker. Okay. So he, you know, was like kind of, I guess it, to a degree doing kind of like talk therapy with him and like meeting with him um, before he was going to get the electric chair. And so this was over the span of a few years that Ted Bundy was in jail Um, and you know, I, I was morbidly curious because I was like, okay, like this guy from all accounts, it seems like it was really hard to determine that he was doing these things. And like, even like, I remember hearing a story about, um, him walking one of his colleagues to her car because there was a crazy man on the loose and like, oh, it was actually him. Um, you know, so it's like, I don't know, like, how do you know if the bad guy's the bad guy? I want to know as a woman, right? Well, I mean, yeah, and yeah, the I, did you guys ever read that? Uh, I think her name's Anna Rule. That book about uh, she worked with Ted Bundy, um, Anne Rule, and her it was it's called The Stranger Beside Me. And I read this book like ten years ago, but she worked with Ted Bundy. She went on to be kind of a huge author as well, but she wrote this book about their relationship, and you know it was this kind of really normal relationship that they had. But this Ted Bundy, and I want to get back to more about your professor and all that in a sec. But you know, just to relate it to Brian Koberger, is a lot of people are saying, well, what's missing here is motive, and there's that like kind of thin thing about like, well, he was vegan, he might have bumped into them, he uh, was Instagramming, DMing one of them without any kind of replies back. Supposedly, this is all alleged. Um, and uh, with serial killers, though, you guys, 
you don't need to have a motive. Serial killers don't like they'll they'll pick out certain people like 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 BTK or something like that. But a lot of the times Ted Bundy would kill random people. He would go into a sorority and kill random people without planning. And that's part of the sickness. And if you then kind of let your mind do a little wandering about a criminology student, about somebody that's been bullied, somebody that's not been given the attention by females or, you know, somebody that actually from their own admission and their own writing on blogs says that they're emotionless. They don't feel emotion the way other people do. If you read some of his past blogs and stuff like that that have been discovered. Um, So motive to me doesn't really matter as much as all of the other evidence because a serial killer doesn't think like us. It doesn't think of like, well, I really dislike this person and that's why I will murder them. Like sometimes, yeah, but this, like, I just don't think motive in this kind of day and age, it holds the weight that people are wanting it to hold to potentially get this guy off. If that makes Or sense. it's not going to be a motive that any person that is not in that headspace could ever even envision or imagine like it would be impossible for us to get inside a brain like that, you know? And, and what my professor told us was that like Ted Bundy would get these like detective magazines with like busty women, but they were like covered in blood because it was like a detective, like crime, like, you know, uh, cartoon type thing. And he would like get off to that. And Like he just, that was his thing. And his parents were perfectly normal. And like, it seems like Brian Koberger's family from all accounts is perfectly normal. And, you know, it's like this whole like nature nurture discussion that people get into. And it's like, yeah, I guess he was kind of just hiding in plain sight, you know, and um, seems like he was a kind of a little. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and people build up to things like, you know, hopefully uh, this was his first attempt. If this is in fact, Brian Koberger, Hopefully there isn't something that you find out before this, that there was another uh, victim somewhere earlier. Hopefully this was the first time. And, you know, and also one of the Papa Rogers comments, they're they're arguing with him back and forth and saying like, well, why do you think he could have left this? Why, you know, and he was like very, very excited. He was saying it's like, well, the person obviously was very excited doing this. You know, it took a lot of energy and talking about why they killed all four of them. There was a lot of like this Papa Rogers stuff was truly fascinating. Um, what else did your professor say about Ted Bundy? Like, did he, do you remember if he said anything about yeah, how his yeah. demeanor was towards him? Um, he said he was like perfectly normal. Um, and that was like the weirdest part. And he, you know, my professor Ted Bundy had a conjugal visit woman that had a baby with him and Ted Bundy. Wait, what? I, Wait, I'm sorry. Say that again. Ted Bundy has a daughter. That he had that while was he a was conjugal in prison? visit woman. And they got a common law wedding somehow like in a court, like they were in court together because of something Ted did and like somehow got like married on the spot. I I have to like look up the story. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Why are they allowed? This is what I don't get, man. Like I get like, oh, there's a lot of people falsely imprisoned and like, I, I really, but like, why is a serial killer ever getting a conjugal visit? Yeah, I know. It's like, you know, you don't deserve to get laid. No, if that's well, like, I hate to, but, I mean, I hate to sound like I, people are going to be like, you're in hand, inhumane towards serial killers, but like that shocks me. Like, you never shot like anyone ever again. Um, no, I know it, it was crazy. And he had a daughter. So the Ted set my professor up with his daughter's kindergarten teacher from inside of jail and even was giving my teacher tips on how to pick up women from inside of jail. And my, like my professor was the person after Ted got the electric chair that brought his belongings to Ted Bundy's family. Like he held on to them and then gave them to the parents. So wait, 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 did you say your professor, did you say your professor set Ted Bundy up with somebody? 
No, Ted Bundy set my professor up with his conjugal visit daughter's kindergarten. But he was such a master manipulator that he was like arranging this to happen from jail with the woman that he had. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to set him up. Guys, the other thing is. The other thing about Ted Bundy is, is that if you look at him, you know, like a really good looking man, I think for that time period, and also um, very charismatic. For that in fact, time period, a lot now, of, like all the well, boys have, now it's gross, yeah. no, everybody, <laughs> everybody looks like Craig from Southern Charm now. No, but like, uh, no, but like he was so charming that even like, you know, some of his cases, you know, were almost comical in a way because he would be like, no, I didn't do it. You know, like he found these ways and he escaped, he escaped uh, a couple of times from, you know, once he was captured, he actually escaped. It's like, it's really weirdly madcap his whole story. And you have to remember how violent these actual crimes were because you run that risk of almost glamorizing of almost kind of like, Oh, Oh, funny old Ted, you know? And like, he, he is That's this where real I kind of draw the line too, underneath. Because I I did not want to see Zach Efron being played playing dead yeah, Netflix movie. Yeah, I didn't really want to see Jeffrey Dahmer having a doc, like a documentary. And I like I a documentary. They had a fucking the show. One of the yeah. most streamed television shows of 2022. I I feel like we can decipher like true crime from like the perspective of the psychology and like, you know, the family being talking heads and like just telling the story and like shining a light on how wonderful the people that were victims were. But like when it's like Zac Efron playing Ted Bundy, that's when I get pissed off because I'm like, no, fuck that. Like make him played by like Jonah Hill or something like no offense, Jonah, but like, you know what I mean? Like if you're going to have to do it, make it by like somebody horrible. Like I'm like, I think, I think after the Dahmer thing, I was just so like, I really couldn't get through that show. And then I really started questioning, why does this show even exist? And I've talked to the audience so much about this because I was like, and by the way, it exists because so many people streamed it and watched it and devoured it. And I'm like, which is a horrible word for that. But like, well, no, it's just like, but it's like, why are we? You know, like somewhere if Brian Koberger did do these things, you know, like I don't want part of anything to be like, well, I hope I'm alive when my TV series on Netflix comes out. You don't want him to get because at the same time, like I don't want to empathize with a serial killer. I don't want like sorry that, you know, they're going to try to show us like how how Ted or how Dahmer became Dahmer. I don't care. I care about those victims. through abuse in their childhood and don't become serial killers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, and and that's the thing is like these like shows attempt to like humanize them. And I'm like, I don't know. They don't get a redemption arc. Like, no, but they, but they do because people eat this shit up. And by the way, just like me, I was out there on TikTok looking for these facts about Brian Koberger. I was looking for these things, but you know, know? and we were just, as a nation, we were horrified and it's sad because you know, having talked about true crime on my channel a lot, there are a lot of like disenfranchised people that don't get the attention that like beautiful college kids do. Um, and I actually like one family reached out to me um, and, you know, the daughter had some issues with drugs and she was found dead in LA. And, you know, I'm not sure that I've seen anything with the police um, actually like figuring out what happened to her, but her body was found and her, some of her belongings were found in a homeless encampment uh, when they were cleaning up the homeless encampments in Venice. And, you know, her body unfortunately is found in a Creek over here. And, you know, because she's not, she wasn't necessarily the picture of, you know, perfection because she maybe was involved in some, you know, unsavory 
quote air quotes things, she wasn't as looked for. I have another friend um, who I've, you know, chatted with a lot on social media and I've done stories on her mother, but you know, her mother's an Alaskan native and her mother went missing, I think three years ago on Valentine's day. And, you know, the efforts to like find her weren't so great. And, you know, you're in Alaska and the police force is like really just like very pared down compared to what it might be in like a major city or like, you know, more of a suburb of like New York city or something. So it's really crazy. Um, when the, one of the craziest things that's come out of sharing some of these bigger stories is the people that reach out that are like, I'm looking for a family member. Um, another woman, uh, I've talked to her on the phone a bunch, her daughter, um, has been missing for a while. And she just like left one night from a family member's house in Florida and like has never been seen again. And though she hasn't been able to get the help that she needed, she wasn't considered missing for a really long time. Um, so it's just, it's crazy how we zero in on certain cases, but then you don't realize like there are a lot of like unsolved. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really, really frightening. And, and I don't, and I hate to get into that conversation of like, well, you know, these kids are just really great looking and that's why we got to like, no, yeah, it's like, no, I'm it's, glad it's, they know, got that attention. And yeah. I'm glad Gabby Petito got that attention. I'm glad for any family whose children gets that attention. It's just, it never occurred to me how many, how much people have like missing people in their lives that like, aren't necessarily like, I thought, I thought it was like major news every time it happened. Like, and that was like, obviously like a really like you know, um, yeah, yeah, naive perspective, but I'm like, it, this can't be happening that much. Like, you know, like, come on, there's only like how many like sharks in the water can there be? There's probably only like, you know, four crazy because we could be because we don't want to believe that there's evil around us. We don't want to, you know, we're, we're that's scary. And I think that's also why it's fascinating because you're like, well, I don't think I'm inherently evil. I mean, I do some shitty things, but it's nowhere near this kind of, you know, so what kind of person does it take to do that? And I think there is like, what, where do you go from there? Like, what do you, and it's this weird, anyways, to, to, as we wind down here, one more thing about the Papa Rogers thing too, is there, there was a part of it. I don't know if this was connected to Papa Rogers, but there was also these shows where allegedly they believe Brian Koberger called in and was actually, you know, actually talking about the case. And, you know, it was like a call-in streaming show about this case. A radio show. Yeah, Yeah, that went all over the internet. And he was saying that, you know, he heard that, you know, he was like, well, you know, I did hear some, you know, frat boys saying that, you know, how would you kill someone? And the guy was like, uh you heard people saying this, like, why haven't you like reported them to the police? And he was like, well, uh, you know, it's just like, you know, like locker room talk basically. And like, but the, what happened was this girl went on TikTok and she actually knew Brian from growing up Brian, yeah. and she and her brother were like, that was his voice. So who knows? So, and and they, they will always say this though. Like you said, you know, these, these, these murderers will go to the scene of the crime. And they're also at a certain point, this is, they're proud of their work. They want to be part of it and they want to actually mislead. So, you know, he was calling into this thing. And if it was Brian Koberger, he was saying, Hey, look over at those fraternity guys. I heard things over there, you know, almost trying to sway people in a different direction, because if you can cast doubt, then more stuff can get pulled away from Brian. And all you need is the, you know, because, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that's what they, they need to convict him. You know, like he cannot be, there cannot be any doubt in his conviction. And also, uh, they do uh, impose, you know, they, 
death the death penalty is on the table if Brian is convicted for this. So he did waive his right to a speed and a speedy trial. And uh, so I guess the the criminal trial starts in June. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's June. Um, I'm pretty sure. I know it's this summer and I believe it's in June. So I think this will go quiet for a while and then we'll probably have a ton of new information in um, June because it's it's crazy like how things happen with all this. It's like there's like a on the onset, you get so much information, all this stuff comes out. And then I'm sure in June, we'll all be like removing our jaws from the floor and there's going to be so much more evidence that they've found um, and, you know, I mean, I just feel horrible for those families and those, like anyone who was at that school. And I, I really, really, really feel bad for the roommate who is probably dealing with survivor's guilt that, you know, is going oh, yeah, to because in the affidavit, like you said, you know, she came out and saw him and we still really don't know. And the other thing that people keep hitting over the head is that, yeah, like they waited until noon the next day and we don't know exactly, but that was when the police were finally called, but you just don't know. Like if you see this stuff, like who knows if she thought he was the killer then and there, who knows what she thought was happening. Why would you think like your roommates got killed? You know what I mean? And like in college, I feel like there's always yelling and there's always like, they were having parties there a lot. They were having like, you know, like random, I don't know. There's just a string of things that could be. So I think like, I was like the kind of roommate where like, I, I, you know, I loved having parties. I loved having people over, but then what I didn't love was like the stragglers or like the random guys being around after the parties. And I would get like a little sensitive about that where like, if I heard somebody outside of my door, it would kind of freak me out. Or, um, if I saw somebody walking down my stairs into my roommate's room and I didn't know them at like an ungodly hour, you know, that would be like kind of sketchy to me if it was like a leftover person from a party, unless they were somebody that we actually knew. So I could even see this person being like, I heard some noises and I see this guy coming downstairs, but maybe, maybe at a party, there was a leftover person that was actually a friend and she overreacted once or he was wearing a mask. He was wearing a mask, but you guys also like, think about it in the last couple of years, masks have gone, you know, more prominent just because of COVID and things like that. You know, like it's not like you you can see anything in each way, you know, she might've just smoked a bunch of weed and like, you know, well, that's the other thing too. People like, what if, you know, if you're on a Saturday night, these people, some of these kids were coming home drunk from a bar with like, or maybe uh, who knows, but like, if it was me, I would be coming home drunk from a bar and like, yeah, like you're smoking weed. You're not looking to get into a conversation with some stranger in your house. You're not looking, you're looking to be in your safe bubble. At three in the morning after some drinks, you know, you're a little, maybe you're a little stoned, you know, you see something outside of your door and you're like, I couldn't have possibly just seen that. Like, oh my God, I'm so freaked out. I'm going to shut the door and like go in my closet and like, just be freaked out alone. And tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up and find out it was like a figment of my imagination. Like, anyway, I think it's crazy because, because she survived the online forums have been like crazy towards her. And I think it's gotten better, but I just feel so bad for that girl. I mean, yeah, just, but also even without the the stupid people attacking her for like calling when they did or whatever, we still don't know the full story, but also imagine even taking that all aside, like what she's like, what they're going through of like being in that same house and then still being alive the next day. Like the guilt you have to feel the, you know, the, like just, and also the fear, like imagine that's going to stay with you there. I mean, if you watch any kind of true crime stuff, you know, the people that do survive, they are left with this kind of overwhelming survivor's guilt. And, you know, then to throw TikTok, 
TikTok comments and all of that stuff on it. If you, and and by the way, these are people, these are college kids that uh, eat up TikTok. I'm sure she's on it nonstop or was, was on it nonstop and seen all of these horrific things where it's like, did anybody look at the roommate? They probably have something to do with it. Like, wouldn't that be horrible? Well, there was even a girl that was in litigation now because she was blaming a college professor because she was a tarot oh. card reader. And I'm like, people. Need- yeah, she was on TikTok, you guys. She was on TikTok and she said, I know for a fact that it's this teacher working in. And like now she the teacher you were is in the faculty her. and somebody like went through the faculty list and randomly selected you based on their psychic ability and tarot cards. And you're getting like this barrage of like people that probably believe this tarot card reader. But now there's like going to be like a lawsuit because I'm sure the woman was yeah. harassed left, right and center. And it's like, why would this woman who like that, this woman like as a suspect didn't even make sense. I'm like, it was so bizarre. And I mean, that's like some of the issue with the online discourse and the web sleuthing. And it's like, you know, A and B can look like they're related, but like if A, you know, and B might not actually be related and like two things, you know, can look like they're, they're yeah. a theory or something and like you're wrong. And so it's always just good. I think for the most part to like read the online forums, take it with a grain of salt and then let law enforcement do their job and get the bad guys, you know, they don't get it right. I mean, every knock, time, on, knock on wood. Yeah. They, yeah, they don't get, they it don't right get it right time. every time, but I, the, these, these, these four victims, hopefully they deserve uh, some sort of justice and hopefully they will get it. And, and we'll fall. I, I just wanted to talk a little bit about this uh, because I've really been thinking about this over the last month and I'm really kind of glad it's died down and I don't think this is going <laughs> to stoke things up or something, but I wanted to talk about it because I talk about on this show what I pay attention to. And this was something that I was really paying attention to. And I was just also just kind of horrified with how much evidence seems to be pointing towards this guy. And I would still read in all these comments of like, it's not an open and shut case. And I'm like, well, then our system is potentially broken. Like it's like, if then I don't know what to say. literally like I've never felt like and again like I know like you know we have to let the court of you know law do its job but like from the court of public opinion over here I think it is pretty obvious when you are removing garbage and putting it in your neighbor's garbage with gloves on at four in the morning and like like, there's just it's a little bit wait to be honest with you Lauren the only time I've done that is when my uh, recycling has become full of Amazon boxes. And sometimes I will go over and like put it in there, but it's not nothing to do with like killing. It's just like my garbage is full, but like, obviously I'm not wearing Ryan, this gloves. Is how you're doing it. Framed. This is how you're going to get framed. <laughs> oh no. This is how you're gonna frame. I saw something on the internet. Somebody, it was like a meme maybe, or like, I mean, did you post it? I don't know. Somebody posted that they're, like niece or something wanted to do locks of love, but she's like, but if the person I give the locks to commits a crime, what can I be like held accountable for it? Like with the like hair that they have, that's mine. That's, like, oh. oh my God. Yes. The DNA from the hair. I mean, that's right. See, and then if, and then if we get chat GPT involved in AI where, I mean, AI is like, I think just one update away from murdering Feeling my identity. Well. Like, that's like, like yes. Yeah. AI is going to start using my shitty identity. Um, Lauren, you did it again. This is this went so fast and it was so easy as it always is talking to you. What is coming up for you? I know we were talking beforehand. I love John Joseph, who you work with a lot as well. Um, and I know you guys have something on the horizon, which I'll just tease and I'll let you guys know when it comes out what they're involved in. But what else is going on? How do we support? We can follow you where? 
Um, so you can follow me at the Zen Blonde on Instagram and TikTok. And yeah, I have a really exciting project coming out with John Joseph. And that's really the biggest thing on the horizon. But other than that, um, I make Brian ba- Bailey disappear. Um, I don't know what happened. I just, by the way, that's <laughs> the, that's AI, like totally messing with my video right now. That's Lisa so Rinna scary. has entered the chat. She's... <laughs> she's she, uh, hijacked I just wait. No, I just hope Lisa Rinna, nothing ever happens to her because I will be a suspect at some point. Like I don't, I'm talking robberies. I'm talking like, I'm not even talking about like, I'm just talking about anything bad that ever happens to Lisa Rinna. I will be a suspect. Like you will you know? literally, and then they're going to go to your house and they will find your uh, web with the yarn. And then they're going to be like, it was definitely him. And then that's going to be- guy's This guy's a freak. This guy has a painting of Tom Girardi and his brothers and his fucking, this guy's a freak. <laughs> Don't um, worry, Ryan. I will totally, I will vouch for you um, that you totally did it. Um, no, I'm just kidding. This but, TikToker vouches for him, but this TikToker is weird too. We are combing through weirdo. her stuff. And then a I get of, implicated. A lot of weird stories. They're in cahoots. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, just find me on the Zen Blonde. There's lots coming out, but for now, that's that's where I'm at. I'm just crawling out of dry January and just re-entering the world. So thank you so much. For everybody me. forget out there. She didn't really do dry January. She gave up this weekend. So that's not really, we can't really count that, but congratulations for whatever you did for thank these you 27 so much. days. Thank you. <laughs> in my work. I'll talk to you next time. All right. Bye, Ryan. Bye. Okay. Betches.